Okay, um, let me show you some pictures of some churches uh, real quick. The one on the top left is the church I grew up in. That is Grand Rapids First, a great church. Picked a couple things up along the way. Probably for 20 years I was a part of that uh, community right there. If you go to the one on the top right, that is what used to be Hope Reformed Church, but now it's Unison Reformed Church. Um, I was the youth pastor there for a number of years. I helped start an after-school program there in that corner for Ottawa Hills High School students. Um, Really, my love for diversity uh, came from that uh, context. Um, My awareness of, you know, times in my childhood when my parents were intentional about diversity in my life, and really just that's where it was birthed in me um, probably, I don't even know how many years ago. I'm starting to think in terms of decades. (laughs) But it was over one decade ago that I was uh, there. Uh, the bottom left is uh, Fairhaven Church, and that is really kind of a big reason why I'm here is Wyoming Harbor Church, is I w- became a youth pastor there um, for six years. Um, I was on staff at Fairhaven for eight, and then uh, Harbor Churches as a whole, Fairhaven's one of our campuses, is a church planting group of people, so we, we believe that God is always moving and wanting people to step into new contexts uh, to make Jesus known and to help people find their way back to God. So I'm very indebted to Fairhaven Church uh, for raising me up to the stellar leader you see up here today. <laughs> um, and then obviously that's our sign right there. That was, I took that like the week before we moved in here. Um, that was what, like a year and a half ago now. Um, that's Wyoming Harbor Church. So um, these are the communities that have shaped me primarily, uh, those four, um, and I'm deeply grateful for all those places. But I'm doing a little bait and switch here. None of those are actually what the church really is, are they? Um, those are buildings, and nice buildings, and ones that we're sitting in, one of them right now, we're, we're grateful for. But those are buildings, and buildings can be used for great things. But what is church? What is church? Is it a building? Is it an hour on a Sunday? Or is it something else? For the next six weeks, um, we're going to be digging into really what is church and why it's needed for today. We're starting a six-week journey series called um, Why Church Matters, Um, and in particular, why the church needs to return to the people of God participating in mission together and deep relationships for the sake of the world. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at. Um, What is church? What are we doing here? What is, why does this matter, and um, why should we want to commit together to continue to build the church in the world? So let me remind us, uh, one of my favorite passages from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, of, this is like a thesis verse for me as far as like, what is church? Is it the building? Is it the, well, here's a good description uh, that Paul gives. He says, for we, talking about the people, are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So he's talking to the people, right? Like you, people, are God's building. And he says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and the spirit of God dwells in your midst? If you've been around Wyoming Harbor at all, uh, we, we talk about that often. What is church? It's the people. It's not a building or a membership card, or even a certain time of the week. And we do love that we have the blessing of this building. God just keeps blessing us with stuff that we don't need yet (laughs) uh, in order to do the mission that we've been on. Uh, We do love to gather together. We do love relationships. But what is the church? The church is people. 
And it's not just people in general, actually. It's not just like the whole world is the church. It's people uh, who have found Jesus and who have committed to something. So let's read uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. It says, I thank, God, I thank my God every time I remember you. He's writing to a church uh, there that meets in the city of Philippi. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. It's a key word there. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Another place that that word partnership shows up, because that's a little different than what we might normally think of when we think of church. What is church? Is Philemon verses 4 through 6. It's only one chapter. That's why it's verse 4 through 6. It says this, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. That word partnership, that, that shows up in the New Testament quite a bit. Um, it's koinonia. I'm going to try and pronounce that in the Greek. Um, it looks like that funny word right there. Um, but I, I love one of the helpful definitions I see in one of the resources that I have that kind of unpacks that word a little bit for us. And it's that, uh, what, is, what is this partnership? What does that mean? It's a gift jointly uh, contributed a collection, a contribution as exhibiting an embodiment. I love that. And proof of fellowship. It's interesting that Paul uses the word partnership. Because in modern times, uh, if you've been around the church world, you think like, what, when do I like belong to this group or whatever? Um, in modern times, uh, when people think that, they think about the word membership in mind, right? Uh, that you are a member of this church. Or sometimes churches do weird things where you have to like transfer your membership. Like, I don't even know what that's about or where that's found in the Bible. But uh, partnership is different than membership. And as a church, uh, Harbor Churches uh, really has shifted language to talk about partners. What, is, what does it mean to be a partner? And we're exploring, uh, like I said, beginning today for the next few weeks about what that looks like. But maybe you're thinking that we're getting caught up in a minor detail. Partnership and membership, they kind of sound like the same thing, right? But um, words do matter. And there is actually quite a distinct difference when you look at that. Um, for instance, I am a member of a local gym, which I have not been to in a year because it's Planet Fitness and you have to go there to cancel your membership. That's genius, by the way. Um, I also, I'm not, but I could be a member of Costco, right? Um, I am a member of Netflix. I'm a member of Disney Plus, of the whole shifting TV thing. Um, but I'm a partner in my marriage. I just did a wedding last night, and I got to see these two join together to partner their lives together. Uh, my wife and I partner in parenting our children. Those two things are very different, aren't they? It's different just to sign up for a Netflix account than it is to sign your, your wedding license. And I think the difference boils down to that a membership like requires an exchange, right? Uh, I'm a member of a gym. I give my money to the gym. They let me use their facility once a year. <laughs> uh, 
I'm a member at Costco. I would give my money to Costco, and they let me buy army-sized quantities of peanut butter. Um, membership requires an exchange, but, but partnership requires a commitment. It, require, it actually re, like requires your heart, doesn't it? It's more than just a deal on a page. It, it requires you to commit to certain things. I can have a gym membership that doesn't mean any, any, anything, nor does anybody care if I show up. Nobody has called me until they hear me say this, and then they say, we've got to set up this automated thing to whatever. But nobody from the gym has said, hey, Jordan, we noticed you, you're getting a little dad bod going on, and we'd love to see you back at the gym. As long as I make my payments, they will keep their facility open. And maybe they don't really care if I even use it, right? If it's, if it's about the profit, if it's, if it's about the exchange, then that's it. But I can't be married that way. I can't parent that way without bringing my full self to the table. I have to, like, commit to that. I actually have to work through lots of challenges that might even challenge the, the words we say to each other about these things. Church fits more into that territory than it does signing up for a membership at Planet Fitness. So what is church? Harbor Church is kind of, we've kind of boiled it down to these things that we think, let's keep it simple, but include the heart in what we think that like partnering as a church looks like together. So church is uh, people committed to God. It's people taking next steps to be like Jesus. It's people... Uh, in, in a deep community together. And it's people on God's mission together. And we describe that as helping people find their way back to God. We're given a really helpful resource in the New Testament um, of what the church is like. You know, I just mentioned that uh, Paul says like, hey, you guys are the building. You're the bricks. You're the you're the wall. Like, that's, that's really pretty cool. And, and if you were on our launch team, you remember a day when every one of you got a brick and you wrote your family's name on it. You are the church. If you want to define church, what is it? It's, it's you. It's not anything physical. It's the people. And collectively, the church together is called the body of Christ on earth. And I want to read for you that passage. It's quite a few verses, but I think it's worth reading in this context from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this, just as the body, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So, okay, the church on earth is kind of like Jesus's body on earth. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile. That's a big statement in, that, in those days. Slave or free, huge. We were all given the same spirit to drink. We're all a part of this body. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, and here's where he does a little funny idea here. Now, if the foot says, uh, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? 
If the body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He's using this metaphor. The human body is kind of like the church in the world. If they, verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. This is funny. He's doing this little, like, cartoon sketch here. And if the head cannot, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are, are indispensable. And those parts that we think are less honorable we, honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are un, unpresentable, and that means probably what you think that means, are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts, that's everything else, <laughs> uh, needs no special treatment. That's why I don't go to the gym, right? Um, just kidding. Um, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. Oh, wow. So the kingdom is like backwards. So the parts that seem weak and fragile, God like elevates. Interesting. So there, that there should be no division in the body. Nobody should think they're better than anybody else, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. I always say this every week, but the next two verses, two of my favorites in the whole Bible. If one part of the body suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you, meaning y'all, like most of the time when the New Testament uses the word you, it's, it's like y'all, like you know what I mean. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. The church is a body of people committed to the mission of God. The church is not just a, a seat that conforms to the shape of your hiney over the course of time. It's people. It's people who have caught the light. It's people who believe Jesus is who he says he is. It's people who are a part of this body. And we need to also be careful not to define the body of Christ as just what can fit into this room either. Sometimes we have people that will be a part of Wyoming Harbor for a season and then they move to another church, another part of the body. And sometimes I'll get communication about that and every time I respond with, we are on the same team. Like, God, God, we will miss you, but God be with you as you go to be a part of the body there. Do I like when that happens? No. But is it true that the body of Christ is bigger than even what fits in this room? Yeah. Jesus is writing a much bigger story, even though we get to be an amazing part of it. A much bigger story that we are just a small piece of the body. But I do want to take a minute to share um, a bit of the Wyoming Harbor story if I can. Uh, some of you are new or newer. Uh, some of you have been a part of these different phases of our story. But because I believe that partnership with with God's plan is the commitment of people to see this story continue. I want to I want to tell you a little bit of our story, and I'll do that through some pictures. Uh, this is me at age maybe ten or eleven. Um, that's me wanting to be a rock star. That was I think I was inspired by DC Talk to want to get my own electric guitar, and I never learned how to play it because I uh, 
have a little ADD, um, <laughs> and I wanted to do everything, but um, that's me with my dad in that same house. So me and my, my family, um, we had a couple of years that were just difficult, uh, and that brought us to live actually in my grandma's house, um, kind of over by, uh, over by Gladiola actually, off of 35th Street there. And, you know, my six siblings, my two parents, we move in, into my grandma's house, three-bedroom, uh, teeny little World War II house in Wyoming. And, and that's where we lived. And I had a little paper route, Grand Efforts Press. That was like, my dad grew up in that house. But that was where I started to, like, have a hook for me, a uh, root in Wyoming, is when I actually got to, like, live there. And we lived there for about three years um, and then we moved in other places, some other places in Wyoming. But uh, that, that really is where, like, the story of Wyoming began for me. I didn't realize as a 12-year-old boy that I wanted to uh, be a pastor. I think I wanted to do other things <laughs> with my life. Um, but I, for me, I traced the, like, the Wyoming Har- Har- Harbor story for myself back to, like, God had a reason why my family had hard years. And he had a reason why we moved back into that really tight house and how... That, for my dad, I think, was probably the biggest season of shame. Who wants to move back to your mom's house with your six kids and your wife? But for me, it eventually became a story of redemption. I realized when I moved back to Wyoming as an adult um, that maybe God wanted me to start a church. That's weird. I always thought churches just existed for all of time. But no, he... uh, I, took a, I did a church planting internship through Fairhaven before I had, even had a job there, and that opened my eyes up to, like, people actually have a passion for an area, so maybe I could start a church in Wyoming, one that, like, reflects the community and that really helps people and that doesn't just want to see more people in the seats but really wants to care about people individually and see the city change. And so eventually, I'm skipping a lot, but eventually uh, we were given, like, preliminary uh, go-ahead to start um, feeding kids at Gladiola Elementary School. And this next picture is um, before we even had the door opened up to us, uh, there was a group of eight people that met on that snowy day uh, under, what is that, the door 10 (laughs) uh, of Gladiola to pray that God would open up the door for us to be able to start the church planting process by helping feed kids on the weekend. There were eight people that day. And I remember walking away from that prayer, and it was just cool. Like, I grew up Pentecostal, so I got a little bit of that in me, all right? Um, just be patient with me. I grew up, I, I, I left that prayer, and I just had the strong sense of God saying to me, like, you just, the church just started. And I'm learning, like, no, you have to have a year ramp up, and you have to have a launch team, and all that stuff. And we did follow the, that stuff, too. But, like, at its core, what is the church? It's the people. And there eight people were in the middle of that snowy day believing that God was going to open up the door and that we were able to start uh, feeding kids as the first step into um, Wyoming in the neighborhood I grew up in. So very personal for myself. Um, so we were able to start doing that. Um, and we were able to start, to start feeding kids at Hand to Hand. And many of you guys have been a part of that journey since the beginning and as that was going on, uh, we recruited a small core team, um, and that's the next picture. This is, this is a group of people, the very first people that really said yes to, like, wanting to build Wyoming Harbor. Um, they're all smiling because they didn't really know what they were getting into at that point. <laughs> um, 
But this is in, what is that, 2018 or 19, I think. Um, so this is a group of 12 people or so that said, you know what? It does feel like God is doing something here. We have this hand-to-hand thing. We have this two guys thing happening. Why don't we like get together and start to think about starting a church that both does mission and gathers together? And so that group uh, was, the, was really the first group to say yes to like Wyoming Harbor proper. Um, but we also eventually, what is the next picture? You can go to that next one. Okay. Um, that same like summer that, that launch team happened, uh, every year Harbor Churches has their one baptism event, and you guys have maybe heard of that, but that's where all of our campuses get together at Camp Geneva to do a baptism service. Um, we baptized a few people there uh, this last summer, but this picture was taken uh, before Wyoming Harbor was really a thing. Um, and these, this is the picture of the group of people that stepped into the water to pray for the feet of those who would follow in the years to come. Because it seemed like God wanted us, his church, to be on mission in relationship together to help people find their way back to God. And a beautiful way to see that happen is when people uh, give their life to Jesus to be baptized. Uh, eventually, that, launch, that core team uh, built community and then recruited a launch team. And that is the next picture. Um, this is us. This is after much time because we actually started uh, the launch team um, in, we had three interest meetings that were to recruit people to join us to start kind of what you see here today so that the church would be the gathered church and the church on mission together. Three, three uh, interest meetings and the very last of those three happened the Sunday before the COVID shutdown. Like COVID shutdown on Friday, it was the Sunday before that. We needed 50 names of people to be able to, I, I believe in this stuff, this stuff just enough to respect process, even though it's like, you need 50, what do you need? We had eight, whatever. Um, but I, it's legit, but it's also like, what is church? It's people on mission. But in order to you know, see the church become sustainable long-term, that's what we needed. So we needed 50 names. And uh, after the shutdown, I go to my senior pastor and I say, here's 60 names. And I think that we can keep going. Even though church is largely centered on people gathering together. And what is this COVID thing? We didn't know. My daughter was born right then. It was all just weird stuff happening. And um, So there was that group of people. This is a year and change later. Us praying outside of the building that we were, the first building that we were going to get to go to. Even though we had the keys, we decided not to go inside. To prove a point to ourselves. What is the church? Is it that building right there? Or is it the people who are willing to stand out there in the cold? Believing that we are called to be a community together on mission. But eventually we did get to launch the Sunday service. And that's the next picture where we, over the course of the, the time when we saw God just kind of pull this thing all together, we, we took a piece of wood, and we marked out significant dates, and I've walked you through pretty much all the ones uh, up to that point that we had had, and every time it seemed like God was doing something significant, we'd take a nail and we'd hammer it in. I still have that piece of wood at my house, actually. It's gross, though, because it's been in my garage, and I think it was on the floor in my garage floods, and it's a little, you know, whatever. So I didn't want to bring it up here today. Um, But we were able, at that point, two and a half years ago to celebrate what God had done. He had seen us through a a pandemic. People stayed committed to this idea of 
starting a church even though the rest of the world is tearing itself apart. And that summer, we actually were able to enter into the water of baptism. And this is a very special baptism that many of you know about, that we were able to celebrate the feet of those who would enter into that water. That's two years later, that we were able to actually see what we've committed to in partnership with God begin to happen. There's a whole bunch of other little chapters here, but this past summer we had close to 50 kids in this room for VBS. And um, this picture is three of them. We just asked if anybody, any of the kids wanted to pray, and three of them just couldn't help it. You know, they put the hand up like this. Um, and they, those three come up, and they all prayed a prayer to end VBS. What else has God done? We now... I mean, man, if I put myself back into some of the earlier pictures thinking of this next one with the attic um, student leaders and the fact that we get to now, like, steward this wonderful thing of helping students to write a better story and those six kids that continue to impress me, their faith and desire to grow uh, the church, their faith and desire to help students to write a better story, their love for Jesus, their commitment They had to apply for that. Celebrating that there were over 130 middle and high school kids that stepped into that building last year for the attic. What is the church? Is it just the gym? Is it just this building? Or is it the people that embody the presence of God and fill that space with good news? Perhaps the most meaningful symbol that we've had about what church is, is uh, if many of you remember the very first time that we started to collect food for Gladiola Elementary, um, we put out the word, and for a couple of weeks there was no donations uh, for that very first step that we're going to take into the community by, by feeding kids, until this granola bar showed up in my, uh, that's my front step there on the left. It was a lady that bought that mahogany chest or whatever that was. Um, I know who it was. I don't know her name. Um, But she saw that box when she came into my house, and this was the first donation that we had. And for me, I know many of you have heard this sentiment uh, from me before, but when I think of this is before COVID or any of that stuff, it was such an important lesson for me and I think for us to go, hey, if we're called to build the church to help people find their way back to God, we've got to be willing to celebrate everyone. And I put that, that little phrase on there for myself to remember that why do I feel called to build a church? Why do I feel called to start a church? Is it so that a bigger crowd of people can hear me talk? No. Is it so that more ones can find their way back to God? Yeah. Does it have to happen in this room? No. Can it? Yes. But does it happen a thousand other ways, including helping kids have food for the weekend? Yes. And I don't even know how many items of food. I I mean, if we were feeding 370, 370 kids at the end of last year times 10 to 12 items, that's like 4,000 items a week 
that started with this granola bar. What is the church without the commitment of people in partnership with the desire and word and mission of God, none of that stuff would be possible. And I'm only mentioning just a few. I know many of your stories and could share where it seems God has used this community now to bring you to where he's brought you, to see you become who you're becoming, to see you impact who you're impacting. What is the church? None of that stuff would have happened without the commitment of people. And a lot of times you're just committing to an idea. But when you start to see that idea turn into reality, when you start to see what God can do with a little bit of faith from all of us, committed together to see his kingdom come in Wyoming, in and through every one of us, we can see these stories and even more if we continue to partner together. Because really the reality is, is... Commitment is not a very popular idea today. It's really easy to opt out of things. But look at what God has done through the commitment of people who are not just pew sitters (laughs) who don't just want to hear a nice, well-written talk from a what me. (laughs) But that Realize we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. So we're talking about commitment. And I'm not up here to guilt you into it. I see you doing it. This is also an invitation to continue to commit, to partner together as the body of Christ on mission together. We are the body of Christ. We're part of it. And Jesus gave us the practice to remember that by. I want to show you a blurred picture right there. Oh, you can already see it. Um, That is the very first communion that Wyoming Harbor had. Uh, We were on Zoom call. I don't recall the date, but it was early in the process, like four or five years ago now. Man, decades. Um, In COVID years, that feels like decades, but... um, that was, I think, see, I'm the top, second to the left up there. I think I had, like, my Panera bread, um, peach juice or something like that. So it was kind of like, just take some fluid, take some other item, and we're going to celebrate communion together. In some countries, they don't have bread. In some countries, the water is sparse, so they use sand. So we are celebrating the body of Christ. That was our very first communion together. And we've gotten to come to the table many, many times since then, sometimes in two different languages, sometimes with intentional uh, steps towards embodying the diversity of our community in order for the church to become what this neighborhood needs. God brought us here. Whether you have been a part of this thing since praying under door 10, or if you became interested in what God is doing by helping feed kids, or if you've just stumbled into this gathering and you like how it makes you feel. God has called us together to be a community that locks arms for the sake of his mission in this community. And it's appropriate today that we celebrate the 
symbol that Jesus gave us of communion as we, as we start this process. I want to tell you now, at the end of this um, partnership journey that we're on, we're going to come to the table again. And on that day, um, we're, we're going to call that Commitment Sunday because uh, as gimmicky as cards are, as much as I don't like to flash this in front of you here right now, um, I think it's important for us to take some sort of step that shows our commitment to each other. And this card is a way that Harbor Churches has put together for us to do that. And the statements that we're going to unpack over the next couple weeks, really kind of, I've already shared them with you earlier, um, kind of shows what the church is. What are we committing to do together? What are we partnering in So that day, that'll be a day if you want, if you're the type of person that really feels like you need an experience to feel like you're in, then you can fill that card out if you want to partner together, and you can leave it on the communion table. Or if you're not there, you can belong. (laughs) Or if you're there anytime, including today, and you just don't need a ceremony to do it, you can put it in these baskets that are in the front. But I wanted to take today to share the heart of why commitment matters. And I, I hope you agree. I, hope you, I, ho- I actually hope that it sparks imagination in you about what our commitment together could do into the future. Not just that we get to celebrate what God has done. The best is yet to come. If God still has us here and still has us here in a healthy place on mission together forward to help people find their way back to God, then you my friends, are invited to get to be a part of it. You're not forced to become a member. You're invited to partner. So I want that to feel just a little bit more official. And if you don't want to fill out a card, then okay. Like if you're hugely resistant to that, I'm not going to make you fill out. But I think it can be a symbol for us to say yes to the mission of God together. And we will celebrate that together, like I said, again in six weeks. But for now, uh, we're enjoyed it. We're We are invited to the table where I think we celebrate our partnership with Christ every time we do it. The Lord, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, After supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is really the ultimate sign of our partnership, isn't it? I want to invite us to take this seriously, but take this even more seriously. That Jesus has come to redeem the human story, to bring peace and redemption and salvation to a world that is in chaos. Let me pray, and then I'll invite you guys forward to remember that together. Lord, I thank you that we are invited to be a part of your body as a living thing in this world. Uh, Not just spectators, but as active participants. It's crazy you chose 
to part, like invite human beings to partner with you in your mission of bringing people back to yourself. I pray that as we enter into these weeks that you'll soften all of our hearts, um, expand our imaginations, give us vision, give us passion, both personally for what you want to do within us and for what you want to do within our midst with each other and what you want to do through us to the world. Thank you for what you've already done. It's so easy to forget, Jesus, that you have been with us every step of the way. And the work seems incomplete. You are on your way to completing good work through us. So we are going to continue, Lord, to follow you as you use this part of your body called Wyoming Harbor to be your church in this community. We remember you in this moment together. Amen.